Hey everyone, uh, my name is Kishore Chandra and we're here on Instagram Live. Um, we come on here every night at 6 p.m. and we discuss chit. Chit is a Sanskrit word for spiritual knowledge. So myself and Jai Jagannath Prabhu, we come on here and we discuss all types of chit, all types of things, all types of topics. Welcome Kavi, welcome Sundari Radha, Thomas Haribo, Haribo. <laughs> Welcome everyone. We'll get started in just a moment. Um, Jai will be signing on and we'll see what we get to chat about today. What kind of what kind of chit we get ourselves into. Uh, yesterday was a very interesting topic. Um, and uh, hopefully today will be just the same. But usually our conversations between myself and Jaya, they're quite <laughs> They're quite fun. They're quite nice. And um, we talk about all sorts of things. Politics and culture and philosophy and Bhagavad Gita and Srimad Bhagavatam. Welcome Pat. Welcome Mila. Harry Paul. So we're just waiting one moment for our dear, dear Jay Jagannath to sign on. I'm sure he'll be here in just a moment. I hope everyone's having a wonderful day. A Christian conscious day, maybe. <laughs> Welcome Sanjeevani Radha. Hi Paul. So grateful to everyone tuning in. We have had such a steady crew of people that are tuning in all, all the time. So very grateful to all of you. Jai Jagannath is here. Okay. Yes, so he should be coming. Now, Hadi Bo. Hadi Bo. I have some bath today. I didn't forget today. Okay, so t today's chit chat will go till five twenty-five. Six twenty-five here. Okay, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, six twenty-five. Sorry. Okay. So, what's the chit? Um, you tell me. I forgot where we ended up yesterday. I <laughs> as usual. As as I know that I I know that I named the episode um, like, "Don't forget the real purpose of life" or like the real purpose of life. I know that we were speaking along the lines of kind of like, not allowing things in the material external world to cloud us to delude us of the the real purpose of life, as Buck does, as Krishna Buck does who are looking for something higher. I remember at the end you gave kind of this anecdote um, that was a little bit, you know, I, you gave like a, a precursor to the anecdote. Like, I feel like you were doing that the whole episode. Like, now don't get me wrong, but don't take this the wrong way. <laughs> but you were saying something along the lines of someone asking you like, well, why haven't you signed up with this social initiative? Or why haven't you gone with this social movement? Or why haven't you like this? And you said something along the lines of like, I have a real, I, I have my, my aim on a real purpose or something like that. And I thought that that was very powerful, to be honest, because the thing is, you know, we've, we've talked about this a lot on, on Chit Chat, and you have kind of like a lot of people saying that that's spiritual bypassing. And uh, I don't know, like, let's, I find... Let's put, it, let's put it in another way. Right, let's frame it in, in, in maybe some other terms, which I think could be very true. Hmm. It seems to me that our 
cultures, especially in the Western world, is largely nihilistic. Yeah, for sure. I mean, when you hear like hear things like YOLO, which I used to hear all the time vibrating in the cities, like a mantra, practically. Yeah. You only live once. It kind of speaks to the sort of nihilistic nature of the younger generations, especially. Mm. And being nihilistic, it appears to me, I could be wrong, but it appears to me that a lot of the youth, especially, they don't have a sense of purpose. Mm. And as and because they don't really know what their purpose is yet in life, they're easily hijacked by this movement or that thing or that, that offer and this offer. Whereas if you had clarity about what your purpose actually is, mm. it would not be so easy to hijack you or yeah, hijack your person to come on board this thing or come on board that thing, which doesn't mean that you disrespect or have any contempt for those other things also. But like you have your purpose and so mm. you're you know staying on your path and mm. carrying out your purpose. But when you don't have that, then you're like very much open to suggestion. Mm. And especially when the suggestion is more like a shaming to oblige you to participate. Mm. If, when you're purposeless, then yeah, of course. I'll, whereas a person who has like a very clear sense of purpose they probably won't be able to be shamed into participating in something or guilt trip. They, no, I'm, I respect what you do. I have my purpose and I'm, I'm sticking to this. Mm. So, um, yeah, I guess this is still me vindicating myself from blame just in case anyone hears this later and thinks like, this guy is really, <laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> Insert expletive, you know. Um, yeah, when you have a strong sense of purpose, then... Yeah, you're you you can remain more focused on what you're trying to do mm. in life. But the modern world, and I I have several theories that why people are feeling purposeless. And maybe we can get into that a little bit. But just as a general rule of thumb, that's kind of seems to be my observation. And because people are purposeless, they're able to be manipulated so easily to participate in this thing and that thing. And 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 you got to be a part of everything now. It's not enough to just be like. It's not enough to be like, like, for example, it's not enough to be like, I'm not racist. No, you have to be actively not racist. You have to be anti-racist. And in order to prove that, you got you to gotta share this. You got to join this. You got to do this. And, mm. and then, okay, yeah, sure. You know, whatever. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't know who I am. I don't know what my purpose is in life. So, okay, I'll do that. Then you mm. got someone else over here whispering your ear. You, you got to do this. And otherwise, you're, oh, okay. And you just get kind of pulled everywhere. Whereas if you have your purpose, you're like, no. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think this is a really interesting thing. I think I think we've hit a good topic to talk about, because I think someone like you, you know, I know you, I know you personally as a friend, and we've lived together like this, served together. Someone like you who has like a very strong, unshakable faith in shastra. Not only just like faith in shastra, but like you know your shit. Like you know. You know what it is, you know, and we can't say that for the majority of of people who are devotees, like, you know, like a lot of people aren't hearing, a lot of people aren't reading like this, or might not even know like the, like what exactly is the goal. And therefore we see even people who are devotees getting caught up in these kinds of things, right? We see people who are devotees who are even getting caught up in like, well, if you're not on, on this side of the political spectrum, 
then we can't be friends. Or if you're not on this, then I'm deleting you on like this. And I feel like this is such a hard point, the purpose point, because we can, we can take a look at it from the materialist point of view, okay? But I'm thinking about it like in the spiritualist point of view, like even when it comes to like, okay, well, your purpose is seva, or your purpose is service, or your purpose is service to Krishna. It's like that's, that service point gets really, it gets really, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, cloudy, <laughs> hijacked, yeah, hijacked. It's like, oh, it's service, it's service, it's service. And you're just like, uh, okay. And it could, I feel like a lot of, I'm just thinking of myself and my, my journey in devotional life, and also like a lot of friends and other, other people who are on this path, like not seeing how to serve in like the communities or in the projects or in the whatever. So it's really easy to be like, get hijacked by like these other materialist purposes, you know? Well, now I'm over here doing the social justice thing. Or now I'm over here doing the like, you know, really intense, uh, I don't know, self-help coaching thing or whatever, you know what I'm talking about. So it feels, it feels like unless you're really, really rooted in like, this is the goal of life according to Shastra and I'm completely 100% embracing that. It's really difficult to, whoa. I, yeah, I would offer something else also on top of that. Mm. that. Purpose is linked to sense of identity in the world. Um, so, like, again, coming back to our younger generation. I, I'm including myself in the younger generation. So Me too. Even though I feel <laughs> ancient, I'm still young enough to be part of the younger generation. Um, we don't have a strong sense of identity. Like, mm. you have something like, there's 96 genders, or I mean, or maybe it's more than that now. I don't know. It's like some inordinate amount. Like it used to be two when I was growing up, <laughs> and now it's come to 96, where it's like, okay. Wait, really? Is that a real thing? 96? It's a real. It's a real. I thing, thought you were joking. No, I'm not joking. It's a real thing. You know, you have words like female and male, which are more linked to like biological sex, yeah. but gender is considered like a social construct now. In yeah. the Western world, and and since it's a, a social construct, you can really define your gender however you want. And, and gender, like whereas previously when I was growing up, gender was more linked to the terms male and female. Mm. Like a woman, for example, was an adult female, yeah. and a man, for example, was an adult male. Yeah, and, and again, those terms, male and female, were linked to biological gender. But now that's not the case because you have like trans people, for example, where they're women, where they're women or they're men, and they're not biologically, you yeah. know, there. And so, from there, it's a, you know, trans thing is like, okay, cool, you know. Well, I, trans, I get, but yeah, 96. trans, I, I, trans, I get. It's How a, did we get from trans to ninety six? It, it expanded somehow. <laughs> there, you have things like non-binary category, mm. and people are like going in and out of these different identities. Mm. Now, I don't. I, okay, I do have an air of like, you know, um, criticism in my voice, but I don't mean <laughs> to say that as a criticism per se. Mm. I'm just saying that as what's going on at least over here in the USA. And, um, and what I want to bring up is that purpose is linked to a sense of identity. So when you have a younger generation that's like, really has no, no clarity about if they're a man or a woman, <laughs> mm. you know, like it's starting from there. Mm. And you just no clarity about your sense of identity in this world. I mean, I'm not talking about like a deeper sense of identity as soul. Mm. 
and, and then save us our purpose, which gets exploited in our community. Mm. <laughs> but I'm talking about just like a, a just like a conventional sense of self. Like, okay, I'm a man, and um, I'm an artist, for example. And as an artist, this is my purpose. Mm. So when you don't have a clear sense of identity, because purpose is so linked to your sense of identity, without a clear sense of identity, you can't have a clear sense of purpose. Mm. And so the modern world has failed to provide, and I'm going to use this word, the modern world has failed to provide clear archetypes, yeah. which are like modes that people can, which are like modes that exist beyond, that exist in all societies, and they endure beyond any individual person, any individual society even, mm. or even any individual religion. Like, in other words, you've seen people come and go, you've seen religions come and go, you've seen societies come and go, but these archetypes, they seem to pop up in every society, in mm. every, all sorts of people, in every culture. So they're, they're like immortal. They're like part of the blueprint of material nature. And if we understand that blueprint of material nature, then you can say, you can clearly see, okay, I have, I'm, I'm embodying this archetype. And for that type of archetype, this is the purpose. And so I find my purpose in this world, following this sort of blueprint of nature, I'm, it's basically a way of living in harmony with nature. If archetypes are these sort of eternal blueprints of nature, and then you discover that, and then you embody that. So you're living in harmony with nature. And then over and above that, for spirituality, you can focus on your spiritual self as well. Mm. Our modern world has failed to provide a sense of these natural archetypes. Mm. Rather, they have suggested to us that we're like these sort of universes unto ourselves. Um, and as a universe unto ourselves, we are not obliged to live in in harmony with nature and you can create yourself however you want and so all that appears to have done is create for the bewilderment so instead of like listen you're you're a female or you're a male and you're embodying this sort of archetype a warrior a teacher a parent or whatever mm -hmm. and so for that archetype you know this is a sort of trajectory of that sort of archetype mm. it's no it's not that it's rather you can you're universal to yourself and you can create yourself however you want mm. so people are trying that they're they really are trying that and they're confused mm. now because of that confusion pertaining to identity there's confusion pertaining to purpose i have an extra point on this identity point also go for it um, Okay, I'll make this one quick because I'm, I'm hijacking the whole shit. No, no. The identity for the old Vedic world, you know, because there was an understanding of the difference between matter and spirit, identity itself, as it, because I'm talking about archetypes, so identity in, in terms of these archetypes was understood as a vehicle mm. for navigating the world and ultimately achieving moksha or, you know, liberation, the soul's liberation from matter. Mm. So understanding that identity and its purpose wasn't the all in all. That was just to help you get a firm footing on living in harmony with nature. So you knew how to navigate this world in harmony. Like, okay, this is what I'm embodying in this life and this is my purpose. So that's what I'm going to do. 
And then my ultimate life has this transcendental purpose of mm. world liberation, of developing bhava and prema for bhaktas and so on. So that's the other element. When, because in the modern world, I'm contrasting this with the modern world, where first of all, you're universal to yourself. You can invent yourself as you know, however you want. At the same time, we're going to make sure that we pigeonhole you into certain labels, mm. you know, and, and reduce this complexity of whatever you're trying to create for yourself as a universal unto yourself. We're going to pigeonhole you into, you know, black, into gay, into man, into or in woman, into um, these different labels. And we're going to create mm. this whole sort of politics around identity. So mm. that also adds to confusion when, when you don't see identity as a vehicle, but rather as who you are. And when mm. I say identity here, I mean identity in terms of the archetypes. When you don't see it as a vehicle, but you see it as who you are, it's like a person thinking that they're their car and putting all energy on the car and neglecting the actual self. Whereas mm. in the old world, identity was just saw as a vehicle. And it was like a clear sort of archetype which had this sort of trajectory. So you had a clear identity and purpose in this world. And then you have this sort of ultimate purpose that mm. was, you know, tied to transcendence. That's a smooth sort of system. Yeah. We, we ain't got that. So you have mm. a bunch of purposeless people who don't know who they are and they're not going to get any assistance from the modern world, which is in total chaos from, you know, the 96 genders and non-binary to just, you know, war and, destruction it's just everywhere confusing the identity point that you brought up is really interesting because i was just reading for our for our reading today uh the seventh chapter of uh madhya lila chaitanya charitamrita and i can't remember what text it was but it said something along the lines it was speaking about sri chaitanya mahaprabhu and it was saying something along the lines of kind of like his um contradictory behavior sometimes and I, I believe that Prabhupada's purport was speaking about the ability of saints to hold contradictory behavior within them. And I thought that that was really interesting because what we're seeing now, you know, we're not saints. I'm not a saint. People, people, out, people out here, they ain't saints. But what we're seeing, though, is kind of like going in the opposite direction of that of that you know we're kind of seeing like let me streamline and like smush all of my identities into one singular mode of of them having to be on the same page with each other and i mean like we were talking about Sri Prabhupada yesterday and Sri Prabhupada definitely somehow or another held together like very contradictory things you know like maybe he was behaving like this with his disciples in a very personal way but he was saying like this on Vyasasan or in some of his writings like this. And the immediate kind of like um, tendency of, uh, you know, neophytes, of us neophytes are like, oh, that's contradictory. Oh, your, your this identity doesn't, doesn't match with your this identity. Your this way of doing things doesn't match with your this way of doing things. Therefore, you must be out of integrity. Therefore, you must be like this. And I think that, you know, I think that when we're applying that to a saint, there's no, there's no question that we're in the wrong. But when it, but when it comes to, when it comes to us, like I, I do understand that point. Like I get it. Like I get, I get the perhaps like seducing nature of like, 
well, you kind of have to, you kind of have to like, they kind of have to mesh in some sort of way. But I don't know. I mean, like, life is contradictory. And like, identities are contradictory. And like, the way that my uh, race or whatever this, it's like, they're, they're going to butt heads with each other at some point in life due to the circumstances that I'm at in a specific situation. And therefore, I really like the point that you brought up about if I see it as this is who I am, then it's going to become a massive existential crisis when those, contradic <laughs> when those contradictions come up, which is like, wait, but I'm this, but I'm also this, and they're saying that I'm supposed to be like this, and it just becomes this mess. But if I'm seeing it as a vehicle, like you mentioned, which, I, which if I'm seeing it as a vehicle for me to act in this world, for me to you know, act in this body, to do things, to get me to a higher place, a vehicle for my, for this, you know, this body being a vehicle, then I won't have that conundrum, it's, essentially. It's, yeah, it becomes easier. It's like watching a TV show. Okay, mm. Avatar the Airbender, you know, that's our thing. <laughs> Don't mind, Avatar is spiritual, so we can talk about it. It is. <laughs> um, so you will see that, as you know, over the summer, I've been reading these books about storytelling because mm. the soul is essentially watching the story of our life and we're losing ourselves in the story. So I thought if I could understand things about stories that may give insight to my own life. Anyway, so stories have these archetypes. Hmm. For, so in Avatar, you'll have, for example, Sokka. Sokka is like the jester archetype, you know, the trickster. He's the one who uh, allows for comic relief. At the same time, he's like a very truthful individual because the jester hmm. archetype usually tends to be very truthful, but he says it in a way it's kind of funny. Mm. And so he gets a little bit of a pass. So his, his main sort of embodied archetype is like the jester. But throughout the series, he would sometimes navigate into other archetypes. Mm. You know, he would become a hero archetype in a particular episode. Or maybe in, a, in another episode, he became like the antagonist of sorts. You know, I can't think of all that. But I can think of the hero archetype. And same with Zuko. Zuko's the, the, probably the best example. Mm. He's clearly embodying, like, this villain archetype in the beginning of the series. And, but toward the end, he's embodying hero archetype, friend archetype. He's even jester. Like, he could be really mm. funny sometimes. And so when you, like, look at identity, again, as a vehicle that the souls are moving in and out of, it becomes mm. a lot easier to understand so-called contradictions and personality types you just see like okay now in this particular scenario they're manifesting this type of archetype and using mm. that archetype to navigate this particular situation mm. so you like look at Prabhupada when he was the acharya the spiritual preceptor that he spoke in a very certain way that was cutting that was harsh it was like astonishing shocking upsetting and so on and that was how he was navigating that situation with all the disciples and so on as the acharya mm. but then he comes up as the the friend archetype or the the loving parent archetype mm. and so he's telling the disciple patting them on the head giving mm. them a pass on all the stuff that he just criticized on the <laughs> and you're like wait a minute you know how well now he's manifesting another archetype here so it's not exactly a contradiction mm. but he's using this archetype to navigate this new situation and it becomes perhaps a little bit less um, irritating. Of mm. course, like anything in this world, it can be used, it can be justified for wrong. You know, so someone can be doing something stupid or mean and evil, 
And they're just saying, you know, I'm manifesting this archetype in this situation, so on. So that, <laughs> that problem will always be there. So we're just talking yeah. in terms of a general principle that when we learn to see, again, these archetypes are like part of the blueprint of nature. So as, as bodies have come and gone, as societies have come and gone, as religions have come and gone, these archetypes remain. So to embody them is to be in harmony with nature. In the sense. Mm. That's, my, that's the premise that I'm offering here. And mm. if you understand that, then you can see how souls are. You can see, for, first of all, yourself and what sort of archetype you're manifesting. And then you can make out all oh, this archetype. And then you understand how to relate. Okay, this is a jester archetype. This is the hero archetype. This is the villain archetype. This is, and then you understand how to relate. We don't have any of that knowledge today. We just out here trying to figure ourselves out. So you get something crazy like a trans species talking about, I identify as a deer. <laughs> yes, I saw that too. <laughs> and my first question when I saw that was like, how you speak English then? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. That was literally my first question when I saw that. I identify as a deer. I was like, how you speak English? And how are you working at this fancy tech job if you are a deer? I should see your ass out in the woods eating grass and hanging out with the other deer. You know, so. <laughs> I'm telling you that, I mean, it's just like the level of, it literally insanity, like in any older culture, if you came out publicly and said, I identify it as a deer, you will be sent to the hospital. That was like how sane cultures work. Now, again, we've talked about this before, how, our, our modern world doesn't give space for like highly advanced spiritualists who may also manifest what appears to be some sort of insanity. But we're not talking about that right now. Just mm. this general point. People, there's just a mass confusion mm. because there's a lack of clarity about how nature works and how we can exist in nature in a harmonious way, you know, so that we figure out our conventional purpose in life. And of course, after that, the spiritual aim of life. Mm. And so it's really it's hashtag clown world. Yeah, I think that fitness philosopher asked a really nice question that maybe we can address this question tomorrow. I mean, this is okay. essentially what we're speaking about. I'm going to take a screenshot of it and hopefully I re actually remember to bring it up to bring to bring it up. Um, but how do we reconcile the apparent fluidity that we're be that we're describing right now? Okay, so we live in a world right now where identities are, apparently there's 96 genders, there's all these identities, there's all this fluidity going around the world. Um, how do we kind of, um, how do we reconcile that with the responsibility of managing one's behavior that is demanded very vocally in the Shastra? And that's a really interesting question. Like, how do we, how do we kind of like reconcile the, per the, the, the purpose of the Shastra, like the purpose that, that they're telling that is our soul, and then this, this kind of era that we live in where identities are not necessarily fixed, where it seems like you can be one identity one day, another identity the next day. And that, yeah, I think it's a good question. Maybe we can start on this tomorrow. I know you have to go to sound bath right now. Yeah, sorry. Shiv. Yeah. Sorry. This in a deep way oh, fitness philosopher Shiv, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, hey Shiv. Jai, <laughs> awesome. So we can, let's, let's, let's start with this tomorrow because Jai has to go to his, um, to his sound bath. But thank you everyone for joining for this uh, chit chat. Shiv, Sundari Radha, PV Chat just joining us. Dr. Ramsey, Mila, 
all of you, Kavi, thank you, thank you all for your participation, and we'll see you all tomorrow at 6 p.m. Yeah, check out our SoundCloud. We're being instructed by Kavi and Spotify. Yes. Oh, we're on Spotify. We're on are Spotify. We, are, we, are we chit chat though? We should be chit chat. No, right? it, sh it should be. We let's. We're gonna talk with our producer, uh, Sid. <laughs> we're gonna. We're gonna see if the name. But it is on Spotify. But I don't know if it's um, if it's under Prayer Revolution yet, or if it's under um, Chit Chat. But uh, it's on SoundCloud and Spotify. We'll we'll get the check us out. All. Today's episode was good. I like. Yes. Yes. Okay. Hi, everyone. Thank you all. Bye, Jaya. Hadi, hadi. Bye.